You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute, your daily routine, whether it's uh, you're still going to work or whether you're still at home. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And today's episode of Locked On Kentucky is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Remember to use promo code locked on for $10 off your first order at builtbar.com. Well, big news from the NCAA uh, yesterday, I guess it was, uh, or was it today? I, I get my days mixed yesterday. up. Yesterday. Yesterday. Wednesday. Yeah. That the NCAA is uh, saying that, uh, yeah, they, they approve of voluntary activities in football and basketball on campus beginning June 1st. And we had previously heard Mark Emmert say that he wasn't going to coordinate the start of football season, but clearly the NCAA is uh, coordinating the start of practice uh, or allowing athletes to be back on campus. A pretty big, big announcement. Yeah. I mean, still several steps between that and it actually happening. Uh, You know, schools and leagues are going to be deciding on their own whether or not they actually do this. I mean, they're allowed to do it now, um, but everybody's going to have to make their own decisions. The SEC is, I believe, voting on that, whether or not to start letting students come back June 1st. I believe that vote for the Southeastern Conference is tomorrow, Friday. Um, Yeah. Uh, May 22nd. But, you know, I think an interesting new piece of this uh, from right down the road is Louisville today on the heels of that uh, announced that some of their student athletes will be returning to campus, uh, according to Jody Demling, others. But I'm just looking at Jody's um, account and happy to see him tweeting. He was, as people know, longtime career journal writer and uh, Louisville uh, beat writer. Uh, was on a ventilator for over a week, I think, uh, with uh, COVID-19, and he's back in action. So great to see that. Um, and Jody was tweeting that um, that some students under a phased plan, student athletes, would be returning to campus on May 27th, uh, would be about 30 in football and 15 in men's and women's basketball. Uh, he says, UofL says the group of student athletes would begin testing and physical examinations on June the 3rd, be ready to participate in voluntary physical training on June 8th. That training would not be directed by the coaching staff. And then uh, another key detail under that plan, Louisville Athletics just released to the media. There are four phases, quote, all student athletes would return to activities with full practices, scrimmages, and competitions as allowed by NCAA or ACC guidelines in late July or early August. So, Mm. um, it's not every, it won't be, I think we're going to see a lot of places. It's not going to be, everybody comes, all the athletes are rushed back to campus June 1st. Um, I think many of them will follow a phased plan. Um, I talked to somebody, you know, at, close to the Kentucky uh, athletics department recently and they, in the last couple of days. And I think there's a feeling that similar to what we just, I just read you there, even when some, some or all are back, it's going to be a stringent, panel of tests and 
you know, they're going to have, they're going to take so many precautions before they even let them begin any physical training together. Um, yeah. So it's, like I said, there are a lot of steps still to come, but it, it the good news, if you're looking for optimism that sports are going to be played, college sports are going to be played uh, this academic year and, and in particular football this fall and basketball uh, starting in November, December, um, this is the most positive sign that that could happen yet. Now, what happens when they do get back? If people get sick, I don't know. Um, I'm sure there'll be contingency plans for that as well, but everyone that's a stakeholder in this seems hell bent on getting them back. And so I think it's going to, I think we're at least going to see them start to try. Yeah. And that's the thing that they're starting to try that they're beginning the process of exploring if it can happen. Uh, If you can't find out if you have any problems or issues until you begin to try. Uh, So no doubt there is some optimism that moving forward you know, it's just going to be interesting to see how it goes, you know, week by week as we move into it. Uh, but another uh, NCAA action was uh, had to do with the, the one time transfer without penalty. And, the, you know, there was so much speculation of, that it would possibly be going into effect for this academic uh, school year. But that's not the case. Uh they approved a resolution to develop legislation on that thing, like a comprehensive legislation on what what that would all entail to allow uh, a student athlete to go to another school and transfer one time without penalty. And they have said January 2021 is when uh, they they have hoped to have that legislation by to be able to vote on, and then so it wouldn't go into effect until the 2021-22 season. So that's, that's it. We finally have a, uh, some finality on that for this season. And now we know that, uh, none of the you know players that you'd be thinking about for UK, like Joey Gatewood or, uh, Olivier Saar, uh, Jacob Toppin, others, uh, that we now know that they're going to have to get a waiver. That's going to have to happen. Yeah. And I think there is some, some thought, some optimism that, the NCAA will take a common sense approach, which is a lot to ask of that body, <laughs> but uh, that they may take a common sense approach to this uh, and say, look, it's going to change. You know, we're a year away, less than a year away from it changing. Um, you know, there's extenuating circumstances in the world right now. You know, let's just pass these, these waivers. Let's let these people, uh, you know, play. Uh, yeah. Maybe they won't. Maybe they won't. But uh, I would think that they would face a firestorm of criticism if they uh, heavily reject waivers. I don't. I don't guess that they'll pass them all, but approve them all. But I, surely there's going to be some leniency uh, in their evaluation of these waiver requests, knowing that, like, I mean, it really would be. <laughs> it really sucks to be in this group um, if you're an athlete who transferred, like to be in the group that's right before the group that's going to be allowed to transfer yeah. freely. Um, right. So we'll see. All right. Well, we have more basketball to talk about a little bit of UK football as well. Um, and uh, UK basketball recruiting uh, ESPN ranked the top 25 recruiting classes of the one and done era. No surprise. Kentucky was uh, heavily represented there. Uh, but next we're going to talk about, you got Devin Askew, Terrence Clark, BJ Boston, 
all working out with Darren Collison in California. And we've seen some of the videos on social media from that. Uh, but Kyle, you went a little bit more in depth on that and we'll discuss it next when the Locked On Kentucky podcast continues. I want to tell you about this protein bar I recently discovered. It's called Built Bar and it really is like eating a candy bar. It doesn't taste like so many of the protein bars out there that you know are chalky and kind of thick. Uh, this isn't that. I tried the chocolate almond coconut. I mean, I've tried many of them, but that that one's my favorite. It tastes like it does. It really does taste like a candy bar. Built Bar has 16 different flavors, all of them covered in 100% chocolate. Eight flavors include nuts, like the peanut butter brownie. That one's good. But if you have a nut allergy, no problem there. Built Bar has eight flavors that are nut-free produced in nut-free facilities. Built Bar is super healthy as well. Low calorie, low sugar, low carbs, high protein, high fiber. So good on the go. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, we're back here on Locked On Kentucky and uh, UK recruiting. Uh, John Calipari's class is officially the number one class for 2020 in the country as um, um, ranked by the 24-7 composite, which I'm sure you're aware that they take all the, I think, five major recruiting services and do a composite. But it's the first time Kentucky has had the number one class in the 24-7 composite since 2015. UK's had the number two class the last four straight years, but previously had the number one class in five of six years, including four in a row from 2010 to 2013. And so this number one class has two of the top seven players in the country, Terrence Clark and BJ Boston, as well as four other guys in the top 60. So six incoming freshmen and three of them, uh, the aforementioned Terrence Clark and BJ Boston in the top seven there, along with Devin Askew, are all working out in in California with former NBA player and uh, Kansas great, right? Didn't Darren uh, Collison UCLA? Go to he was a, a UCLA, UCLA All American. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's another Collison I must be thinking of. Yes, Kansas. Nick Collison. Yeah. Nick Collison. Yes, Darren Collison at UCLA. But uh, so you talked to uh, who'd you talk to? Uh, I talked to, to Darren Collison uh, himself and also to Devin Askew uh, for that story. So so the way it went down, and, and Brett Dawson, who writes for The Athletic, uh, now lives out in L.A., covered Kentucky in the past. Um, he uh, did a story earlier this spring about uh, Devin Askew's development, how Russell Westbrook is a huge fan of Devin Askew. He played for Westbrook's AAU team, um, and, and Wes is just a big big fan of his game. And then also he talked to, to uh, Darren Collison, who was training him out there. He's been training him for, I think, about just around two months now, uh, pretty much the entire time this uh, pandemic has been going on uh, yeah. in, a private, in a private gym out there. Uh, he has a business called Pros Vision. Um, and, you know, they've got their trainers are all wearing masks and they're very careful about uh, how they do it. They, they limit who's in the gym. It's funny, uh, if you've seen the videos online, uh, on Twitter, on social media, it looks like the uh, basketball court from the office, like where they're playing in the warehouse. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Because they're they're right now in Orange County. They're at this 
uh, company called Ethica, and it's an underwear company. And so they're the, uh, inside their headquarters uh, out there in Orange County, it, they have their own basketball court, uh, just I assume for their employees <laughs> and stuff. And so there's, you know, there's a big cage and there's, there's boxes upon boxes of their uh, product underwear uh, in the background. And these guys are, that's where they're working out um, because you can't go to a public gym right now and uh, exercise and do all that stuff. So um, anyway, Devin Askew, Darren Collison, they've been working out. Uh, they were a logical fit, especially because uh, Collison is a point guard. Uh, like I said, an All-American, two-time All-Pac-12 or Pac-10 at the time um, point guard. He won the uh, uh, Francis Pomeroy uh, Naismith Award as for the nation's top player six feet or shorter, which Tyler Eulis won uh, many years later. Um, and then Collison has played 10 years as a starter, in fact, uh, pretty much as a starter consistently for a decade. Uh, for four different NBA teams, uh, led the league in three-point attempts, uh, excuse me, three-point percentage uh, two years ago, and recently retired-ish, may go back and play. I think there's some people who think he will. Um, but right now he's training guys. And so he started working with um, Devin Askew, the incoming Kentucky freshman point guard, and also raves about him. And Brett had a great story about that. So that story's not new, but more recently, as this thing has dragged on and they don't know, you know we were just talking about none of this news had popped uh, about maybe they're going to start letting athletes come back to campus. They, there was a lot of uncertainty for all these new Kentucky players. There are nine yeah. new Kentucky players, six freshmen and three transfers. You know, they don't know when they're going to get to be together and start team building. And so ask you said, okay, well, BJ Boston's out here in California. Uh, I'll, let's see if he'll want to work out with us. So they started working out. And then last week, Terrence Clark came all the way from Boston uh, to California. And now he's out there and they started working out. So all three of them are now working out. I have somebody tweeted at me. I don't know. I haven't found if this is out there, if he said he would do it. But someone tweeted at me after I released my story that Cameron Fletcher, another freshman in the class, is also planning to go out to California. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, maybe, maybe up to four guys and there may be others if there uh, is any more delay. Um, but for right now, I would say the three most important freshmen that are coming in for Kentucky, Askew, yeah. Clark and Boston, the point guard and two wings, uh, top 10 players, Clark and Boston uh, are out there training together and they're going three times a week, hour and a half. They're going through really specific drills. Uh, I thought the most interesting thing about what Collison is doing with them. And he said, like my company, I want to bridge the gap between high school and college. I want to send elite players to college ready to play. And so he's actually studying Kentucky film, how Kentucky would use uh, Askew and Clark and Boston. Really? And he's, yes. And he's teaching them Kentucky stuff. He's helping teach the things that Kentucky, that Kentucky's missing out on teaching them right now. You know, these summer months that are so important that we've talked about. Now there's um, no way that Collison is is he allowed to like talk to Kentucky staff no, and I don't, figure out I, what they want. Yeah, no, I don't I mean, I would say uh, not officially. Probably not. Uh, yeah. not not through any official, but I would imagine that I mean it's certainly fair game for Devin Askew to say to Cal or whoever on staff like what do you want me to be working on? Send me yeah. some clips of how you envision using me. And he can take that and do what he wants with it, getting his True. private training. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that is probably happening. So that to me, I thought was maybe the most interesting thing about the whole story is that one, there's a camaraderie. There's something to be said that these three guys that are so important uh, coming in want to do this work 
and do extra work and do it together and start building some chemistry there. And ask you talked about that. Um, but also that they're getting a, this is not just some like run of the mill, you know, fly by night, uh, trainer. I mean, trainers are everywhere. Guys who want to tell you they're basketball yeah. trainers. This is a dude who's a high level, uh, a college all American, uh, a 10 year NBA veteran. And he's got other, uh, sharp basketball people that work with him on that training staff, um, putting them through legit workouts and, and then Kentucky specific workouts that really kind of jumped out to me and talking to him. So I, I thought that was all interesting. And then, you know, he kind of went on to break down all three of those guys, you know, what he liked about their game. And he's re- really very high on all three of them. I mean, molding it to Kentucky's specifications to take the time to watch Kentucky film and see how John Calipari wants those guys to play and then train them that way. I mean, they're ahead of the game. I mean, even, even if we weren't in the midst of a pandemic, if these guys were yes. doing this, um, yeah, they're able to huge. do it because they, they don't have the, you know, the all-star schedule that they would normally have during the summer where they would go to the uh, hoop summit and the Nike elite and, those you right. know, McDonald's, yeah, all the American, stuff they would, st- yeah, all the yeah. stuff they would normally do before they get here, which does you no good. You're just playing all star games. It's it's nothing. So for them to be doing this, um, and for ask you to have a two month head start on it, my goodness, I would imagine it would reap benefits. It's definitely going to be a storyline during the season. Should we, you know, go forward and it start on time and all that? Uh, I can imagine some questions being. Take us back to when you were working out with Darren Collison and how right. much that led to this. Uh, this day. right. Well, and you know, one of the things I asked him, I ended the story on was like, "Who's who's the go-to guy?" You know, he's like, "I thought I knew." You know, you think BJ Boston, but then Terrence came in and he's awesome. Uh, and he said, "I'm telling you, the guy that's going to surprise everyone is Devin. A lot of people just aren't that high on him right now, but they will be. Devin Askew is going to open a lot of eyes. Just wait." So he's he's super high on. Uh, Devin Askew. I thought another uh, thing to really come out of that was that he mentioned that Terrence Clark is, he thinks is going to be one of the best defenders Kentucky's had. Uh, He said, he, he said he guarded me in a defensive drill and you know, you got to have the want to, and he wants to, but there are a lot of guys that are willing defenders that don't have just the freak athleticism that Terrence Clark has. He's long, he's athletic uh, he's bouncy in one of those videos you see, he's like staring down into the hoop on when he's catching a, a lob and dunking it. Um, and so, you know, we focus so much on offense with, with these guys coming in because that's the easy thing to watch highlights of. And nobody's putting together many, not many people are putting together a defensive highlight reel, but he said <laughs> he thought, he thought Terrence Clark was going to be uh, an elite defender. And when you think about six, seven, you know, muscled up wing, you know, high flying, fast twitch guy on the wing defending, you know, a lot of times he's going to be defending a six, three kid <laughs> out there mm, yeah. or, or shorter. And then, you know, with BJ Boston and another guy, he's six, six or six, seven with a, you know, seven foot something wingspan. Uh, they're going to be able to be really disruptive on, on folks out there on the wing. And, and Devin Askew is not a small guard as a six, three point guard. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, go read that article on the athletic, um, and when we return here on Locked On Kentucky, we'll get into a little bit of UK football recruiting, um, and also, um, uh, uh, I mean, Kentucky's actually getting some love in the preseason football. We'll discuss it next on Locked On Kentucky. 
This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. All right, we're back here on Locked On Kentucky. And uh, yesterday, Wednesday, Kentucky got another commitment from another player from North Harden High School. Uh, Octavius Oxendine was the the first here recently is in the this class uh, incoming freshman that'll be coming in big defensive lineman from North Harden. North Harden had a great season uh, last season, uh, and then they had uh, Lavelle Wright, the running back, committed last week to Kentucky, and then on Wednesday a defensive back Jordan Lovett committed to UK. So now they got three guys from that North Harden pipeline, uh, but another defensive back added there. And then uh, on social media, Dekel Crowdis, the receiver from Frederick Douglass High School, he tweeted out uh, just a, uh, an animated, or I guess it's not animated, but like a, you know, a, a, a workup, a graphic of, of him and his Frederick Douglass teammate, Jagger Burton, the number two player in the state, offensive lineman that everybody's after. And it says Lexington Legends. And it's the two of them in UK uniforms. Um, and Jagger Burton later like retweeted it and, uh, you know, gave it his stamp of approval. Uh, Jagger Burton also, I believe, tweeted that he was planning to be an early enrollee wherever he goes. But it looks good. It's looking good for Kentucky to also grab Jagger Burton here and, um, you know, keep keep a, a fence around the state. Yeah, I mean, the... the Right now, um, if they get Jagger Burton, I'm just looking at the 247 uh, Kentucky State rankings in the class of 2021. He's number one, so they could potentially get the number one player. And we've talked about the, the enormity of locking down Frederick Douglass High School. Uh, Dekel Crowd is number three. He's actually number two in the rivals state rankings. Jordan Dingle, the tight end from Bowling Green, uh, is, yeah. is favored in the uh, crystal ball for, to go to, to, to pick Kentucky. Uh, Jordan Lovett just committed from North Harden uh, yesterday, number five player in the state. Lavelle Wright, the running back, also from North Harden, uh, is number six in the state. And I, how do you say his name? Kaya Sharon? Uh, yeah, the Kaya. Quarterback, uh, mm-hmm. From Somerset, number eight player in the state. Um, so they've got – they've already got four of the top eight. And they could get number one and number four, which would give them six of the top eight in the state. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. one of those going to Ohio State, Jansen Dunn. Um, I mean, that's that's what you've got to do. And 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 two, I would say, like it feels like there's kind of two powerhouses in terms of producing high end talent right now in the state. Uh, one is at North Harden, and they seem to be uh, doing work there. Uh, and the other is at Frederick Douglass. And yeah this looks like the year for them to make the move there. If you can, if you can fully open those two pipelines, um, especially when you look at, you know, they're always going to get Ohio kids uh, with Merrow and Stoops here. Uh, but when you also look at this past class was the breakthrough of, you know, guys, high end guys out of their uh, footprint, you know, outside of Kentucky and Ohio, they went to Tennessee and got a four star. They went to, Mississippi and got a four star. They went to Michigan and got four and five star yeah. players, um, Florida and other places. Uh, if you're locking down the very, very best where, you know, elite programs are coming to try to get them out of your state, but you're keeping them home and you're, you're getting your standard Ohio kids. And then you're also now having a little bit more national recruiting. Uh, that is when I think you can uh, start to turn a corner, but I think it's important that Kentucky doesn't lose sort of its, 
uh, its core of who it is. And, and so this, you know, you, you want to build a team with some Kentucky guys because uh, it matters to them. And this, this class looks like it's just going to be a huge one for them. Well, Kentucky in the preseason uh, every year is disrespected. They're never picked to do any, any good, hardly ever. And uh, this, this preseason, and you know, with, with so many voids for content, um, you know, there's way too early top 25s and all that. And Barrett Salee from CBS Sports, he had put one out where he picked Kentucky, I think, fifth in the East or something, and you know, gave Kentucky no respect, had him winning two SEC games, I think. Uh, and it just it doesn't matter. Every, whatever Kentucky does has a 10-win season, overcomes losing two quarterbacks and, uh, you know, has eight-win season and wins the, uh, the bowl game in Charlotte. Um, still, it doesn't matter. You know, the, nobody thinks much of Kentucky. They just, ah, well, yeah, they showed up that season, but do it again. Do it again. That's the challenge. Do it again. And Vince Merrill loves it. You know, he's always getting on there and, uh, yeah, keep disrespecting us. But one of the more um, respected, in my opinion, I, I respect these people more than I respect the opinions of, say, a, a Barrett Salee. Uh, nothing personal against him, just – you know, so many different college football writers out there and their own opinions. Pro football focus looks at analytics, looks at numbers, and looks specifically at players. For instance, they have the top two uh, highest graded returning tackles. Uh, two of the top three are Kentucky, Darian Kennard and Landon Young. Uh, they look at stuff like success rate of throwing against outside corners and like Kentucky is up in the top three, I think top five um, in like lowest success rate of trying to throw at Kentucky's outside corners. But the point is they get specific and they look at groups, position groups. They look at so many different aspects of the game and they focus on players pro football focus. And so they see they've started to see, Kentucky's talent and when you take that talent and put it all together they like what they see and so now they have ranked Kentucky number 20 in the preseason which is probably the best in the Stoops era that anyone's ranked uh, UK in the preseason but again they're looking at the numbers and looking at um, you know the success against different uh, I mean, they break it down so many different ways, like, you know, yards past uh, point of attack, uh, running backs, uh, uh, receivers, uh, all that different stuff. And I think what they do is they take all that information and put it together and put together their preseason ranking. It's not like, you know, some folks' opinions, like some sports writers' opinions about, well, yeah, we'll see on Kentucky, but I like Tennessee moving up, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it says uh, a lot about the the quality of player uh, that Kentucky now has, and when when someone like Pro Football Focus recognizes that they're a, a top twenty team for twenty twenty. Yeah, I, I think um, really the only major question when you when you're looking at Kentucky is quarterback, just because yeah. you don't just only and only because you don't know how how well Terry Wilson you know, will come back from that injury. Uh, and you know that even though they didn't really have a quarterback last year, they did have this dynamic, you know, 
elite guy who ended up playing the position for the last eight games and Lynn Bowden, and he's gone. Like, you know that their most dynamic, most explosive, most dangerous offensive weapon is gone. Uh, and he happened, one, he was at receiver initially and kick returner where he was dangerous. And then when he moved, he was your quarterback, and now he's gone. And the guy that's coming back is coming off a massive injury that is tough to come back from for high-level athletes, especially dual-threat quarterbacks. So that's like the one question. But as you say, when you look at Kentucky going into this season elsewhere, there are no major questions. I mean, really none. Uh, You know they have a really good offensive line. You know they should have a really good defensive line. And, like, bring back really good defensive line players and signed one of the best, probably the best defensive line class in the history of the school Yeah, uh, coming in. you know, the big question mark last year was the secondary. And they all they ended up performing great and they're all overachieved. Back. Yeah. They're all back. Then you add Devontae Robinson, who was supposed to be the best returning uh, defensive back last season. He's back from his injury. And you add the LSU transfer uh, at cornerback, um, who was a top fifty recruit, and you he Kelvin Joseph. Last year. Yeah. Kelvin Joseph, and you you expect he's gonna be an impact player. So you're adding big boss really man good fat. Yes, the rapper, <laughs> boss man fat. Uh, so you, you're you adding two really good players, not to mention your high school recruits, to a group that overachieved already last year. You have Boogie Watson, who is expected to be one of the best pass rushers in college football next season. Right. Um, you have a stable of run. You don't, have a necess- don't necessarily have one, oh, this guy's going to be a star at running back, but you got three at least who – have had a ton of carries who combined had almost 2000 rushing yards last season. Um, so, you know, you're going to run the ball and regardless of that, just stylistically, schematically offensive line can taken into consideration, you know, they're going to run the football well, because that's what they've done for a, a number of years now. So the question is really, you know, do you have, uh, do you have a quarterback and can you, can you, can you initiate the forward pass again? Uh, yeah. in your offense. Um, right. But that, and so that's a big question. I think quarterback is so focused on and, and often rightly so in football that I think pundits, you know, when you're just, when you're just doing the, you know, uh, what does my gut tell me? I look at it. You look at a team in the sec that doesn't have a proven quarterback necessarily. I don't, I don't, that's not to disparage Terry cause he was the year before, but we don't know what he'll be. Uh, I think it, people just jump to like, well, if if we don't know what they got at quarterback, we're not going to rank them. Uh, yeah. But when you're doing it, you know, sort of mathematically, uh, not even mathematically, just you're you're grading uh, position groups, and every group that you look at is really good, just about for Kentucky. Um, it's not illogical to put them in the top twenty. The other thing I would say, unrelated to trying to project, is just historically where this this season could put Mark Stoops. So right now he's one of three coaches in the program's history, one to win 10 games in a season, two to win at least 18 games in back-to-back seasons. Uh, He did it. Uh, He's won 18 the last two years. Uh, Fran Kersey won 18 in a two-year stretch in the 70s. The 70s was the last time that happened. Um, And then Bear Bryant won 20 uh, in back-to-back seasons when they went to the Orange and the Sugar Bowl in a row. And so if Mark Stoops wins 10 games this year, which isn't crazy, he could. No. Uh, say they go 9-3 and three in the regular season and win their bowl game. 
Uh, they just did that <laughs> two years ago. Yeah. So if he wins 10 games this year, he will tie Bear Bryant for the best three-year win total in the history of Kentucky football. Amazing. Um, you know, I yeah. mean, that's to me, that's just that he's even in position to do that is uh, is kind of remarkable. Yeah, no doubt. Well, let's hope we get to see some football. The, the, the ball has gotten rolling, as I guess, so to speak, with that June 1st, and we'll see how that all goes and follow that. And we'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Uh, in the meantime, follow us on Twitter. I'm at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. Kyle is at? Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Now tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. Thanks for listening, guys. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.